It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The season's in the rearview mirror, so Mike Santagata joins us to break down what the areas for improvement are and how the Bengals can get there in 2023. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Today, we are joined by Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter, our resident film guest here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. You can find him at allbengals.com, as well as James, in fact, and you can find Mike on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You can find our podcast on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcast for the audio version and you can hit the follow button or subscribe button depending on your platform and we will be delivered to your devices when we upload our content every day today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of the NFL make every moment more visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started guys with the full season of tape in the books we have an idea of some changes coming potentially to the staff although that is dragging his feet with Arizona and Indianapolis, potentially with some players, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe with some offensive linemen. I thought that it would be a good idea to bring Mike in and talk about, okay, look at this offense, and we're going to start on the offense. We'll talk about the defense as well because they're going to be losing players. And what are the clear areas for improvement, right? And the clear ones that stand out to me, and I've talked with Mike about this, we've had a little back and forth, is – the explosive plays disappeared. How do we get those back? And is there anything that can be done to make the offensive line more consistent? Can we? Is, is that something that the Bengals should be targeting for improvement in 2023? James, where do you want to start? Well, let's uh, let's start with the explosive plays and make everybody wait to talk about the offensive line because the offensive line has taken a beating. And, well, let's be honest, Mike – Santagata would love to talk about the big uglies in the trenches. So we will, but we can do that in just a second. Let's talk about the pretty boys that get paid. And uh, we've talked a lot about Jamar Chase and T Higgins potentially staying put here in Cincinnati, which is something I think we all think is is going to happen at least for the next uh, few years. T Higgins saying some nice things on Thursday during radio row, but Jake's right. Explosive plays. They sort of went out the door and it wasn't just the deep balls. Mike, it was, you know, some of the yards after catch things. So what did defenses do this year that uh, that forced the Bengals offense to play differently? And is there anything the Bengals can do this offseason to sort of offset that and, and find more big explosive plays next season? Yeah, I mean, defenses are now kind of selling out a bit after the 2021 season to stop the big plays through the air, at least, because that's what killed everybody on their way to the Super Bowl was pretty much go balls down the sideline, uh, things like that, you know? Um, So now they're planning to play too high, keep a safety over the top and have the corner on those receivers that are punishing them down the field. So now you need to have your shot plays be a little bit more longer developing, maybe a little bit more play action oriented. Uh, When they play, when you play 
not in the NFL all the time, but sometimes when you're playing quarters, the the safeties can get into like a little bit of a bind uh, where they're supposed to come down and stop the run as well as play deep because there's so you're even in the box rather than being plus one. So if you can hold them and then throw it over the top, then you might be able to find explosive plays that way. I think they also missed some opportunities where they maximized gaining a first down versus trying to generate an explosive play in second and one situations or second and short in general situations. It felt like they were kind of living for the next down rather than, oh, this is a good spot to try a play action, deep ball, and then next down we'll run the quarterback sneak or we'll run the uh, inside running play power zone, whatever duo. So I thought through the air, that was kind of the issue. And you also need to protect a little bit better. They love to be five out in the passing pattern. And the offensive line is not the Eagles offensive line, even though I think it was, I think it was around league average or so when it was at its peak. Um, So do you, find a way to keep six or seven in protection so that you can get one of those. We saw it in the AFC championship game, like that little dig and go double move type thing. They're trying to bracket the guy, but if you put a little shake on him, uh, you'll be able to get leverage and work down the field that way. About 20 less throws this year for Joe Burrow in the same number of games and with more dropbacks, actually 40 more dropbacks in uh, 2023 than 2022 20 less throws outside the numbers 20 plus yards targeted down the field and most of that coming on the right side which is where jamar chase was a lot of the time in 2022 he had 48 attempts outside the numbers on the right side of the field in 2022 sorry 2021 versus just 28 i believe in 2022 so a significant significant downturn 29 outside right in 2022 so a significant downturn in attempts outside the numbers on the right side in 2022. Talk about getting explosive plays back in the, in the passing game. Great. You know, be innovative, sure up the offensive line, which we'll talk about, get some of those longer developing plays. That's a great way to do it. Find ways to attack that middle intermediate part of the field and, and get some yards after catch. Great way to do it. Catch Jamar Chase in, in space, let him run after the catch. Another way to do it is to add speed and not just at the wide receiver position, and maybe some more downfield dynamism at the tight end position where Hayden Hurst is a free agent. But as Bengals Twitter is catching on to, also the running back position, which we talked about on this show too, Joe Mixon's future, we'll see what happens there. But adding an explosive element at running back, what do you think about that idea, Mike? How, how much can that do for you as a team? Or is it just maybe Joe Mixon can be that guy and they need to do things differently? It's absolutely something that I would look at doing because even though Mixon's the more explosive player between him and P. Ryan, Mixon's probably still, he doesn't have like the breakaway Chris Johnson, you know, that's an extreme example, but Very you know, extreme. the, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I'll say like the four, three, five speed, you know, the guy that he can, if he hits into the open field, he's gone. Or even feels four, like, four. Yeah, I think Mixon's around four five. So mm-hmm. uh, he's more explosive than P Ryan because P Ryan's probably around like a four seven. But um, when you hit the open field, and I thought the Bengals' offensive line struggled a little bit blocking at the second level, actually a lot of bit <laughs> at blocking those guys up, and so that they would have a clean runway to the safety or to the third level or to the open field. But even when that happened, it felt like this was a little bit when Mixon was injured, but also when he wasn't injured they wasn't always making that safety miss and then trying to, and then getting instead of 20, 30 yards, it it was eight yards and tackled by the only defender left. 
So if you can add somebody who can just take that crease and instead of the eight yards, they go 45, 50 yards. I mean, that explosive element, a guy with like four, three speed at the running back position is just really something this offense has been missing. They're efficient in the run game. They had a really good running success rate uh, when they changed the scheme, but it still lacked the explosive plays. They're still one of the bottom of the league and generating explosive plays in the run game. Some of that comes from the speed at the running back position. Like I mentioned, they weren't good at the second level. And I'm not sure the tight ends block all that well, really, in the run game. I thought at times it was good, but a lot of times they were also the reason a play either blew up or it didn't go for the big game. And that's something that they were emphasizing going into the season was explosive runs and finding a way to get that going. And we were just talking about Joe Mixon, and you're right, no one's going to mistake him for Chris Johnson, but he had a 67-yard run as a rookie, a 52-yard run in 2021. Those are his two career longs. And so can you find that element? I think that would go a long way. Also, shocker, I'm a fan of adding some speed at receiver. If you could find a way to do that, you know, get get a a few guys that yeah, obviously can catch, but could also run that four 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 three four three would be ideal at receiver. That would uh, that would be fun. That would make me smile as well. So yeah, speed, speed, speed. Sign me up. To add to your point about Mixon in terms of the explosives, just looking game by game this year, right? Week one, thirty-one yard run. Week nine against the Titans had a twenty-nine yard run, and week fourteen. Against Cleveland, he had a 40-yard run. Those are the only games this year when he had a run longer than 20 yards. So that leaves a whole lot of games where, you know, he's being efficient, perhaps. You look at success rate, you look at DVOA, you look at all these EPA per play metrics, all that stuff that measures a run game efficiency. And the Bengals' offense was doing okay there, but that, like, like we've talked about, the explosive breakaway element, the make that last guy miss and get the extra 20 yards element, is is what we're talking about. The, the, the downfield blocking element is what we're talking about. Especially with what you're paying him. It, it always comes back to that, right? It'd be different if he was a, a $3 million veteran mm-hmm. and he was just efficient. But expectations are high for Joe Mixon. And um, let's continue with the offensive talk by diving into the offensive line. The big uglies, Sands, it's your time. We will do that next. Today's show, though is brought to you by Blue Nile. With Valentine's Day coming up, it means romance is in the air more than usual, and I don't need to tell you about date plans, calendar, all that stuff. Yeah, it's coming up, and that means you got to get to BlueNile.com because you can find the perfect piece of jewelry for life's special moments, whether it's Valentine's Day or that custom engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile's diamond price guarantee allows you to compare competitors' diamonds against one of theirs, and Blue Nile can even meet or beat their price. They also can help you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, setting style, and so much more. They have someone on hand to chat with you via phone or via chat 24-7. So right now, you can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com for up to 50% off. Again, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is also brought to you by America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party this year. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner because they're the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. You never used it before. They have so many great features that will make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. 
You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win that bet. That's what that means. $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with the no sweat first bet. They let you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So go check out the FanDuel Sportsbook app for a safe, secure, and easy-to-use way to get your sports bets in. And best of all, you'll get your money out instantly with instant payouts for those winnings. Go check it out again, fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Let's keep things rolling with the offensive line. And there's been some some fun debates, topics, talking points when it comes to the trenches uh, over the past week, over the past couple of weeks since the Bengals season ended. And I think we can all agree, especially what we saw at the end of the year, that you'd like the Bengals to get better depth-wise. But let's focus on the starters. And there's some uncertainty at right tackle. Outside of that, I think there's we pretty much know who the starters are going to be next season, at least as of now. But where can the Bengals get better, Mike, in the offensive line room, assuming that Jonah Williams now is, is projected to be their left tackle, Cordell Volson left guard. Obviously, we know Ted Karras at center and, and Kappa at right guard. Where would you think, where would you look to get better out of that group? Obviously, with Lyle Collins up in the air, we could say right tackle. But outside of right tackle, what about those other four spots? Yeah, I, I think center and right guard are pretty set, although you can always find if – if a center falls to you in your lap, like, I don't know, uh, a somebody – Jason Kelsey doesn't get re-signed because they got their guy, and he's like, I'm going to go play back in Cincinnati one more year. Yeah, you sign Jason Kelsey and you just kick Karras over to left guard. Like, that's, <laughs> that's something mm-hmm. you should do. But outside of the abnormal happening, that – um, center and right guard are pretty set. I think left guard and left tackle will be Jonah Williams and Cordell Volson to start the year. But if you are in the draft, I don't think you go out and sign a guy because you're talking a lot of resource management here. You're talking the money allocation. You don't have money for all these other guys where you're just going to bring in a guy to make an upgrade on a position that's really fine. But if you, a guy falls to you in the draft, second round, third round, even really first round, if if you love a guy, uh, you should take him because I, I think that both those guys are fine, but you can always upgrade. And what do you do when you create a competition and possibly upgrade that position? Now you have a very solid depth piece and whoever doesn't have that job anymore. So that's, I think, something you could look at. But really, there's a lot of reason to think that it's going to be Jenna Williams and Cordell Volson. You look at Jenna Williams' contract, you look at how Volson played. He was fine. Um, right tackle's the one. Uh, it's when you talk about in the passing game, he fell over after two and a half seconds, just about it. Even though when he did a good job, he still was diving or falling over at the end of the play. It's not like he could sustain that block for four seconds. I think that might've been a back issue, but does his back really get much better? And then you add on the knee thing. So I'd really look at upgrading right tackle, but I think if left tackle or left guard an upgrade presents itself, you don't have to go looking for it, but it presents itself either in the draft or if a guy, Hey, you're a contender free agency. A guy comes up, wants to win a ring and is, final couple of years or something. Yeah. You could make that upgrade, but yeah, I, I think there's opportunity at left tackle and left guard to make an upgrade. Although I don't see it really happening and right tackle is something they really have to have figured out because that's an immediate need. You have no idea if Collins is going to be ready to go. And even when he went last year, he wasn't able to sustain his blocks. Yeah. I feel like right tackle, no brainer. They need to 
look to solidify the starting position there. You try to get better. Of course, you're always trying to get better everywhere, but more than anything, they need somebody who will be able to start. And I think that we've seen enough from Hakeem Adenergy at this point, even though he's going to go back and work with the offensive line gurus again this offseason. It just hasn't been on the field with Adenergy. And maybe he gets there eventually, but I don't think that can be your plan. And we've talked in the past about how hope is not a plan with the offensive line. And I would say the same thing at, at left guard to a degree. There's a couple things going on with Cordell Volson. Thursday, Cordell Volson popping off on Bengals Twitter. I'm not very active on Twitter the last couple of weeks here after that AFC championship game. So I'm not super up to date, but my understanding is, is that there's a strong vocal faction that says Cordell Volson is going to develop and that's that year two leap, and he's going to be a fine starter. And there's another faction that is similarly vocal and loud, perhaps. I don't really know. I'm making that part up that says Cordell Volson should be improved upon. So let's take the opinions out of that part of it. What are the things that Cordell Volson needs to be better at? If you're looking at things that are developmental areas that can improve from year one to year two and note that this is not a young rookie a lot of times there's also physical development that you're talking about as a young player matures into a more adult body some of that can happen obviously on an nfl fitness and and uh dietary program but a lot of it i imagine mike is more than just physical attributes what do you think yeah, um, the thing that pops in my mind because it happened multiple times this season is he kind of struggles against guys that can get inside of his chest and push him. Uh, this even happened with Mike Dana in the AFC Championship game multiple times, which was upsetting because if you're going to lose to somebody, lose to Chris Jones, don't lose to Mike Dana. But he lost to Mike Dana a few times. It led to a sack at least once. Uh, and it's just he would get two hands inside of Volson and be able to push him backwards because when you give up your chest, your chest as an offensive lineman is your head as a boxer. You have to protect that. So when a guy can get in there, he can control you. He, like, just like a boxer can control the fight if he's hitting you in the face. So <laughs> he gets his hands in there. He can control you. He doesn't do a good job of getting the hands off of him too much. He gets a few snatch and traps in there. Uh, uh, once in a while for a highlight play, but I don't think it was very consistent to be able to get the hand off of his chest. You think back to Cam Hayward, who really did that to him a few times. I think he does a good job of getting into the right spot. It's just, can he do a better job of being able to anchor down quicker and get hands off of his chest while also protecting his chest better? I think those are the things I would look for if I was him in pass protection. Um, in the run game, it felt more like it was – it was always coming a little bit more together as he gets more communication with the center and with the left tackle, although that was changing with the left tackle at times. But uh, I would think that he needs to be able to get to the second level like most of these guys and be able to block those guys better as well as a uh, similar thing where he, sometimes he would give up his chest. And now when you give up your chest in both the run and pass game, if a defender can lock you out, he controls the rep. You don't want the defender to control the rep. You want to be able to control that rep yourself and you do that by getting your hands inside and underneath rather than letting the defender do that. Let's stick with left the left side of the line and left tackle Jonah Williams. There was high expectations coming in. I think he had an underwhelming season. They picked up his fifth-year option. It's guaranteed. Regardless, he's going to be on the roster. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. How would you describe him as a player, having watched as much film on him as you have over the past few years? Yeah, the good is he's smart and he's always balanced in his set. He does a good job of getting off the ball. And uh, I would say he usually, like Volson, gets to the right spot. Uh, the, the bad has been pretty 
consistent, I feel like, with regards to against power, against guys that can – it sounds similar, right? Get inside of his chest and push him backwards and control the rep that way. You think of guys that have done that to him, like Miles Garrett, where they just blow him backwards and he does, isn't able to anchor down and redirect that force in time. I also think he's pretty much always struggled a little bit with the inside – move stuff here he kind of sets out to his spot and he doesn't always redirect inside that well i want to take most of this year with a little bit of a grain of salt because he played a lot of it with the dislocated kneecap and you don't know when that got better is that why he wasn't able to take power is that why he wasn't able to redirect inside as well well his career has said those have always been issues so it's hard to say yes but it probably didn't help things so i think he very much underperformed and you could upgrade like i've mentioned if an upgrade prevents itself but uh what i think of him is kind of like a, a average left tackle because you add in the processing and the way he's able to get to his spot and stay balanced and he doesn't usually he has pretty good hands at being able to get them inside and defenders change up his what he's doing with his hands stop cross chop guys guys that like to be technically sound and win around the outside that way he does a good job against those guys it's guys inside he doesn't always redirect as well as he should which is weird because he's always balanced and it's guys that can really punish him by driving in through his chest and bull rushing him that has always been an issue and that's something he gained weight and it still didn't get better so it's hard to say how that really gets better i guess if somebody can teach him how to drop his anchor better and redirect that force upwards but it's easier said than done easier said than done might also be the defensive turnover that the Bengals have to deal with. They're a very scheme-diverse unit, a very cohesive unit. We'll talk to finish the show about what the Bengals can do to deal with their personnel changes in 2023. Today's show is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert that will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Do mock drafts, not taxes. Sing taxes or not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night, which I'm certainly hoping my little one sleeps through the night. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Go Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you. Your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. 
All right, guys, let's talk about this defense. We talked about a number of things that the Bengals can do to get more explosive on offense earlier in the show, including adding some speed at the running back position, executing second-level blocks and downfield blocks a little bit better, improving the offensive line and pass protection more consistently to allow longer-developing plays, adding speed to the wide receiver position. Didn't really get into it in depth, but adding a dynamic playmaker at tight end, and I can hear the Hayden Hurst fans yelling at me as I say that. Hayden Hurst was great. Not a premier downfield threat at the tight end position. It is what it is. You can be a good tight end and not be elite at that one thing. So these are some things that we could talk about on the offensive side of the ball and that we will continue to talk about throughout the offseason based on film observation, et cetera. On the defensive side of the ball, Jesse Bates, Von Bell did a lot for this defense. Jermaine Pratt had a very distinct role on the 2022 defense. All three of those guys may not be back. Eli Apple may be departing as well, and we don't know the status of Chidobe Abuzia. So Mike... We know we've got Dax Hill stepping into one of these safety positions. We're not sure what will happen at the other. It might be Von Bell's return. It might not be. At linebacker, it could be Akeem Davis-Gaither and Marcus Bailey's maybe splitting snaps, doing some sub-package-based work, depending on how they develop and, and how they are viewed by this coaching staff. But certainly some unknowns here. Do you think that that necessitates change? How difficult will it be to maintain the consistency and the, I mean, obviously con- continuity is broken up here, but it was such a well-rounded and, and versatile defense. What do you think that means for this team going into 2023? Yeah, the main thing I think of is uh, the continuity and the communication. Uh, one of the great things this defense could always do is they could do whatever they wanted pretty much because they played together for three, four years, most of these guys. Uh, so Von Bell and Jesse Bates, they can communicate probably just by like a, a, a nod and say like <laughs> we're switching roles here, you know, that type of thing. Or, you know, when they want to lock and level, they, they don't need to do the whole key or whatever. They, maybe they just kind of like do something. I don't know, but they communicate well. They don't have that many miscommunications. Now that becomes an issue because you're adding in Daxton Hill, who does hasn't played with this defense. If you haven't returned Von Bell and you bring in either a new free agent or a rookie, or maybe Tyson Anderson steps into that role. I don't know. Michael, Michael Thomas, somebody steps into that role that wasn't a starter last year. Now you have communication issues at both safety positions, and that's probably two of the most important spots to have those communication because really outside of the offensive line communication, the next most important is the defensive back communication uh, with passing, passing things off through zones, through man when you're going to make checks at the, for bungeon, uh, for stacks, and just for anything. So it's like when Travis Kelsey would align inside, they'd have a different coverage call than when he aligned outside. And now are you able to do that the same to the same level when you have new guys in that spot where it's their first year playing? Will that lead to like a communication breakdown? You never know. Um, with the linebackers, I've been a big Jermaine Pratt fan this year. I also think they're probably going to be – fine i don't think they'll be able to play at the same level but i've always been impressed by how these backup linebackers have been able to play for these stints um the one game specifically was i believe pratt missed that dolphins game and they had uh akeem davis gaither just completely take the role he was playing on the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage in the penny package the 5-1 front and taking on blocks and doing things that way which i was surprised by because he's kind of slight but mm-hmm. i guess that is what he did at appalachian state i didn't watch uh and then he was also doing a good job playing the match and zones and man coverage that Pratt's also asked to do. So I think that, and Bailey's also always done a good job when he comes in. So 
they have the depth there that these guys have all developed into probably starting caliber players that I don't think you're going to face a huge issue. Uh, the only thing I would think of is also communication-based, where Pratt a lot of times was moving the defensive line, like, hey, get over here, we're, we move to an over front or something like that. We obviously know that you're you're a big fan of, of Jermaine Pratt watching him. Um, do you think it would be more valuable or help the defense more to keep him or Von Bell? Because clearly you value that. Jesse Bates is already out the door. He's signing with Houston or Cleveland or somewhere. So – what about that? If you had to pick one, Von Bell or Pratt, I'm just someone with cap space that values him um, and is going to pay him a ton. The Bengals are focused on T and Jamar and all those things, Joe. But Pratt, Bell, who For would the be Bengals? more valuable? Yeah, more valuable to the 2023 Bengals next season. Yeah, so if I was just any team, I'd probably value Pratt more. But if I'm the Bengals, I'd value Bell more because I think the guys okay. that are stepping in for Pratt are at a higher level than the guys stepping in for Bell. Gotcha. Is the answer. My other question about the defense is that this is a team that I felt in 2022 was pretty good at collapsing the pocket, pretty good for the most part at containing the quarterback, even pretty effective at getting pressure, getting those hurries, getting those hits, but a big downturn in finishing those plays, big downturn in sacks in 2022. Is there an answer here? From from a development perspective, is there something that you see? Yeah, Joseph Osai and Cam Sample and Zach Carter, based on what they did late in the year, yeah, they'll be able to do that. Or are you looking for draft pick makes sense? You know, the, the Kalijah Kansi first-round draft pick in Lance Zerline's mock, I think it was. Is, is that a pick that you would be seeking, or, or how do you feel about these internal guys? I haven't watched them, a six-foot-280 from Pitt. Uh, what, uh, great get-off. Sounds like somebody, but I'm not going to put that comp on <laughs> Mike. A little bit, little like bit of a different. They've had, uh, they've had success. They've had success with that mold, that yes. mold of player before. Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, look, I, I think when you look at this team, they do a good job of getting pressure in terms of pushing the pocket, creating a cage on the quarterback, collapsing the pocket, and that counts as pressure when you can move a quarterback off his spot. That way, they're not finishing because these guys aren't really winning with like some swipe move and getting around the outside and bending and you know getting a pressure, a free run, I think is what I would look at. Not all pressures are created equal, basically. You know, you've got the pressure where you're still engaged with a blocker and you're driving him back. And yeah, the quarterback had to move and drop his eyes or something, but he's able to pick him back up and throw the ball or throw it away versus what, you know, like a Geno Atkins used to be able to do where he beat the guy. Well, sometimes he just throw the offensive lineman into the quarterback, but also he beat the guy clean and he'd be running at him with nobody in his way. That is something they don't really have a lot of. I think if Kalijah Kansi is, I haven't watched him. I just, I just <laughs> vibes are that it's pretty good. Uh, but you know, if he does that, if he wins quick and he gets hands off of him, he beats blockers clean. That's something they're missing. That's why I think I was a big proponent of, Going after a Javon Hargrave type. I know he's a little older, but that's a guy that wins clean. That It's something Larry Ogunjobi was able to do once in a while. He had those big splash plays. I guess that's what you could consider them, splash plays, where that leads to your finishing in sacks rather than just getting pressure is when you're coming clean at the quarterback versus when you're still engaged with the blocker trying to make the play. So, so no to Joseph size that Carter Camp sample. I think they're, Joseph Osai does that. They're not the future. I think they all have a role. I say that they all yeah. have a role for sure. Mm-hmm. I I think that you don't just pencil them in as 
one of your best pass right. rushers, though. Right. You know, they're I, they might have to spell a Javon Hargrave or a Kalijah Kansi, or you know, you split the role that way. Right. I love that you keep mentioning Hargrave. I would be shocked if they. I would be too. I, I, I would be. But David Onyemata is a little bit similar, and he's probably cheaper from New Orleans. Spell he, it. O n y e m a t a. Dude, I'm getting you a, a box of Bill Bars. Look at you on the. I, I didn't think there was a chance in hell you were saying that and spelling it right. Look at that. Way to go, Mike. You just wild our listeners too. This is why we have. Bengals Nobody even knows I'm right. Nobody checked me. I just sounded yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Are you sure? He... <laughs> I'm checking myself. You hey, you what? said it confident enough. Hey, it sounds it, it, good to me. It makes up for you being one week off of the game. Akeem Davis Gaither had a full snap load. Which was oh, three was it against the Jets? Against the Jets. The Jets. Oh, man. I was trying to remember which one. He had 12 tackles early. that game, didn't he? I thought he played pretty well. He was all over. Yeah. He did a great job. Really yeah, good game. O N Y E M A T A. And the reason to believe that he could, because size is certainly an issue, but he was young when he came into the league. Yeah. And what is he, 24 now? 25. I mean, so, so 25. So now is, heck, Logan Wilson was 25 in year two. And he'll be year four, 25, just to give you an idea. So Pratt probably got to his peak at what, 25, 20, somewhere around there. Yeah. Sounds right. It's like now. Another great reason to draft young athletic players because that outside comes together. Speed. Young, athletic, productive players. That's what we're looking for this year, guys. And, uh, We'll get into that more when we get to the draft. Mike, thanks for your insights on some of the big changes that may be coming to the Cincinnati Bengals from 2022 to 2023. Again, go find him on Twitter at Bengals underscore, underscore Sands, allbengals.com, and it's always game day in Cincinnati. I remember the name of your podcast this time, Mike. That's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Bengals. We'll be back again next week after a little weekend break. The NFL season will be totally over by the time – you hear from us next, perhaps, with the Super Bowl coming up. So until next time, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.